It's the end of another Philadelphia Eagles season, and welcome into the cheesesteaks in the seven higher level. I'm Dylan Count Corolla. I'm joined by my usual co-host today, Austin Mancini. Austin, you weren't able to join us for uh, the preview of the Eagles NFC wildcard matchup against the Buccaneers. Jovan was able to step in for you and did a phenomenal job. Uh, but uh, Eagles today on Sunday. Uh, fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC wildcard game, 31-15. Uh, it was a game that that score does not do it justice for the Buccaneers of how big of a discrepancy there was between these two teams and how they both showed up and the performance both teams put in. But, um, yeah, it was a somewhat disappointing end to what has been a roller coaster of a season but a fun season for the Eagles. Yeah, it was. And I, I kind of went into this game thinking, you know, I'm along for the ride. Like you said, it was a roller coaster. But we, going into the year, said the best this team's going to be is about seven to nine wins, um, but most likely closer to seven. They make the playoffs. And so I just tried to enjoy the game for what it was. Now, unfortunately, like you said, score didn't actually uh, show how lopsided this game really was. Um, We can get right into it with just the fact that the Eagles once again started off very slow. You know, first of all, you deferred the kickoff. I understand the analytics behind that. You get the extra possession, but you're giving Tom Brady the ball first. You know, you're going to let him do dictate the game on the first drive. If I'm the Eagles, I want the ball. I want to either slow it down and do what I want to do, or you go stomp them with a touchdown drive. Now, unfortunately, Tom Brady goes and stomps with a touchdown drive, and then our first drive doesn't look too good. But, um, yeah, the first half, and this has just been the last couple of weeks, is just the first half has been, you know, a question mark. We just don't know. It's like how Doug was. Yeah, that's um, that's a, a good way to put. Just, just wait. I have audio in the background. All right, let me restart. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, right off the bat, there about uh, one giving the ball right to the Patriots when one you've started slow the last few weeks defensively. You need to get a lead on this Tampa Bay team if you have hopes of beating them. And it was like you said, analytics say almost to kick that ball every time, so you get the ball to start the second half because there's a quality chance if you if you're kicking it off to start the game, you're likely going to get a shot at the end of the first half, and then you can get a second shot right away to begin the second half. That that did that actually did occur for the Eagles. Well, it would have occurred for the Eagles, but um, uh, it did not. But yeah, I, I sorry. Can you repeat what you said about Dougie there at the end? No, just that you know we thought we got through the um, we thought we got through the slow starts, and yeah. here Sirianni is the last couple of weeks doing the same thing, struggling with uh, slow starts in the first half, and apparently it's leaked over the defense as well. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a makeup thing with the team and the players and their just overall abilities and mental attitude as a season progresses, but it's definitely something now that we've seen 
through two coaching staffs, which is a bit worrisome and makes you think it's more on the player side of thing and the mental side of thing for the players, because it just feels really unlikely that two coaching staffs would have the same issue plague them, especially down the stretches stretches uh, of seasons. Um, It's going to be, it's going to be something that they obviously are going to have to work on next year. Uh, got all a lot a long off season to think about that type of things, and uh, we really didn't see slow starts much. I mean, we saw slow starts in different ways in the beginning of the season, but uh, overall, I, I definitely agree that uh, it's it continued to be an issue, and it, it was today. I mean, before you knew it, the the Buccaneers had a seventeen point lead in this one, and. Yeah, you can spot 14 points to the Washington football team earlier this year and be just fine, but you can't spot 17 points to uh, potentially the best team in the NFC. I'm not. I don't think it's a dead given that uh, the Packers are the best team in the NFC. I think very well could be the Bucks, especially when the Bucks are healthy. Um, but yeah, giving 17 points to the Bucks here uh, or spotting them 17 points right away was. Just not what the the doctor called for in this one, and uh, I guess I mean th- there's a lot yeah, they, of things we could talk about, but I mean they didn't help themselves, you know. Like to start no, the I, game, you thought you had a good opening drive on defense, and Barnett gets called for the uh, roughing the passer. Yeah, and, I'll, I'll be at a week call, but Barnett's yeah. a guy that it seems like when there's been a major penalty this year or a cause of penalty, it, it, it's come back to him. And we saw twice, at least twice in this game, where the defense looked like they were about to get out of drive that first drive because uh, if that penalty was not called, it would have been a third and long. And chances are the Eagles probably get off the field. And then, of course, later in the game, uh, the Eagles, de- after the Eagles' defense was forcing the Bucks to really punt the ball, um, maybe not always three and outs, but rather – Quickly, um, Jalen Rager, which we'll obviously get to, he has he he muffs a punt and gives the Bucks offense new life, and the Bucks offense scores two more touchdowns at the end of the game to really put it away. But we we saw the defense twice get hurt by dumb plays when they were starting to build momentum. So I mean, you you have to blame the defense, you have to blame Gannon and the players for yeah. uh, some of the performances, but. Uh, well, and I think one of the of biggest things that, yeah, and w- w- one of the things that bugged me a lot, like a lot, was Gannon this week said you have to be aggressive on Tom Brady, you have to get pressure on him, and what do we do to start the game? We're playing ten to twelve yards off the ball with our corners, so Tom Brady's looking around, going, okay, and they dinked and dunked their way down the field. No, he yeah. did that to you week three. And then you go and do it again. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't understand. And then the second half, what does he do? He tightens up. And like you said, in the middle of the game, they started, you know, they forced some punts. But if you have tape on it, you've had 17 weeks of tape. What do you think Tom Brady's going to do? You Like, you can't play. I, and I get he was, he was playing to not get beat over the top, but – I mean, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. He's gonna. He's made a living off dinking and dunking the ball over in uh, New England. Yeah, it was the first draw, 
three three of the first four drives for the Buccaneers were just way too easy. I mean, you look at it, 12 for 75. Uh, there was a three and out there, but then 10 for 70, 11 for 53 to go up 17 nothing by um, just the 9-16 mark of the second quarter. Um, yeah, way too loose of coverage. There was a lot of really questionable uh, coverage designs and such that uh, really hurt them there in the first half. Like you said, playing 10, year, 10 yards off the ball, playing – eight yards off the ball when it's third and long or second and long. Um, having Alex Singleton or TJ Edwards covering Mike Evans going across the middle, it just things you can't allow to be happening in a game of this magnitude, let alone any game, but especially of this magnitude, just just can't happen. Um, and, and we'll get back to the defense, but – I think if we're going to talk about hurting themselves, because, yeah, the defense did hurt themselves in the first part of this game. But, and maybe it's because I, I want to go here just so I can get everything off my head before I forget. But what, when the defense started tying up after the 17 points in the first, what, 25, 20, uh, 25. 20, 25 minutes. Um, Jalen Hurts coming in today needed to have his best game probably yeah. as the Eagles quarterback. Simply for the fact that if he had a good performance today, it would give you a little bit of hope, a little little better hope going into next season that he could possibly be the franchise quarterback and that in a big-time spot he stepped up and played well. At the end of the day, Jalen had – probably his worst game i think as the eagles starting quarterback considering the circumstances um, yeah given the circumstances yeah it was it was that and then and probably the uh giants game was yeah. is up there too i mean you look at it and sure you can go you can go and say if one of the touchdowns happened the other ones may not because of adjustments made but you look at it and in totality i think through either misplays, which were through lack of vision or interceptions or thrown to the wrong guy, Jalen Hurts cost the Eagles potentially upwards of 24 to 31 points in this game. I mean, Quez Watkins alone had three different plays where he could have easily scored mm-hmm. touchdowns on. Um, so that's 21 points there. Um, well, I'm not then saying... You- I'm well, not saying you say, definitely, definitely score on each play, but no. But then, I mean, even look at the interception. That's that's a three point swing right there. You know, right yeah, there, I you mean, instead of having three, at least three points, you have zero because exactly. you threw an interception. So, so I mean, that's so. Let, let let's go with. If we're not being picky. Let let let's go with the first Quez Watkins miss in the first quarter. Quez has a post route across the middle. Jalen, in a squeaky clean pocket, decides to try to escape the pocket, throws across his body, and almost gets picked off. Uh, Had he looked down the field for just a second later, Quez was wide open down the middle with what what would have been probably a walk-in touchdown. Well, And if you Um, notice, too, that that missed throw – 
is the same type of area that Dallas Goddard was wide open um, in the corner, just standing in the end zone um, a couple weeks ago. It's the, it's the right side at the top. He, he just doesn't look. Yeah. And if that ball goes to Quez, the Eagles probably score in that play. You're looking at seven, seven, uh, Moving on, um, let I have the list here. Okay, so I think it was in also in the first half, um, driving down the field. Hertz had Devonte on a slant route. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be in the second half, but Devon Hertz had Devonte on a slant route across the middle. Completely misses him. Uh, had he hit Devontae on that slant, Devontae gets at least a first down uh, and he puts you in field goal range. Instead, uh, the Eagles don't get the third down conversion, have to go for a fourth down and miss. Uh, Not to mention, Devontae, Adams had, or Devontae Smith had single coverage the entire game. Yeah. He had soft one target. Yeah, soft single coverage all game and he had one target in the first half and that was the interception. Yeah. So I mean the Watkins touchdown missed, that's ten. Devontae missed first down. Gets you in a field goal range. Jake has been at a near played at a, what should have been an all pro level this year. Yeah, that was he had so a very good uh back uh comeback year this year. Oh, a phenomenal year. I mean, he was terrific, especially in a year that there was a lot of questions if he was still the guy at kicker for the Eagles long term. Um, And I'm actually – yeah, that was still in the second half there. All right. So, Eagles at that point could have been down 17-10. But also, if you get that first down, you don't know. You could possibly put that ball in the back of the end zone and still score a touchdown. I'm not going to give them another touch on there, but they at least should have got a field goal there. So it should be at that point, 17-10, right? Next drive. Eagles have their best drive of the game so far. Get down close to the red zone, I believe. Yeah, they get down to the the Tampa Bay 21. So around the edge of the end zone. Devontae on the outside. Um, I, I forget who was covering, but they slip fall. Devontae's wide open in the end zone. Jalen does not see at all, and I mean, he, he doesn't see him at all, um, but throws a ball to Devontae, who was, I would say, he wasn't shallow in the end zone, but he was, pro- he was probably about halfway. If um, if that's a different quarterback, by the way, like if that's a Rodgers or I think Justin Herbert can make that throw. Any quarterback with an above average arm. Yeah, that's that's a touchdown. The problem is, is Jalen needed to know his own strengths and weaknesses and know he can't make that throw. Yeah, but since, since I never finished, uh, and not, not, not that I towards what you just said, I totally yeah. agree. But uh, I realized I didn't finish my thought uh, because I was thinking of the safety's name. But Jalen did yeah. not see uh, the safety Mike Edwards at all in the play. Who is in the in the end zone, uh, coming across the middle, 
And uh, Williams made a great play and caught the ball right before going out of bounds. And uh, I mean, it was a big turnover that, again, that should have been seven points right there. So Mm -hmm. reality is the Eagles going into halftime should have been tied 17-17. Yeah. And that's before we get into the second half where there was two more plays with Quez that should have been uh, either big plays or touchdowns. Um, and then, so I mean, 17, 17, 24, 31 points right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dallas That's Gardner a totally different a game. Drop. Yeah. Dallas Gardner did have a big drop in the, in the first half, but at the end of the day, and I hate to signal, signal, single him out here, but Jalen Hurts might've caused the Eagles 24 to 31 points in this game, which changes the game. Yeah. The, the Eagles very well could have won had they had a better quarterback today. And I'm not I'm not saying Jalen shouldn't get the shouldn't be the guy next year. I still think he should be the guy and should get that chance because I don't think anybody in the draft gives you a better chance to, to win next year. And I don't think anybody right. in the draft is a true franchise quarterback. Do they if they trade for somebody else, fine. But if you're not going to trade for somebody, I I, I said go with Jalen next year. Ride with him. Yeah. I mean, you don't really have like a choice. To me, the Eagles don't even really have a choice. They kind of have to give Jalen this opportunity next year because you don't have the talent to go get uh, Deshaun Watson or a Rodgers. You know, like your team's not ready for that yet. The team, like, and we'll talk about probably briefly, is your defense literally needs everything. Yeah. It needs everything. Your legitimate trade options um, this offseason at quarterback are Russ, which I know a lot of people are in. One, a lot of people don't. Um, That's the thing. There's not many quarterbacks out there worth trading for either because there's Russ. I mean, you're not going to trade for Tua. No, no. That's a wash. Um, Hurts yeah, and Tua are basically I, a wash. The one guy I've seen, and I don't know if it was through free agency or trade, but Derek Carr is another name that is a, is going to be out there a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Is he a free agent this year, or is he be a trade? I think he would be a trade. He, I think he would be a trade. But I'm looking it up real quickly. But um, yeah. While you look it up, I mean. This has just been Jalen all year, though. That and that's the frustrating part, you know, is there are throws he makes, and you're like, "That's a great throw," or a decision he makes, "That's a great decision." But then he does the complete opposite, like three plays later. And yeah. and I get, I get, he, you know, this is technically like a rookie year to him, but even he said today he's sick of hearing it. You know, he's not a rookie anymore. Yeah, I mean. We can't At keep. The end of the day. And I get, yeah. and I get people who are upset. Like, oh, we all we do is like all people in general in Philadelphia do is bash Jalen Hurts. You don't see it anywhere else. I mean, to be fair, like Mac, Mac Jones looked terrified yesterday. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, I, so I, don't I looked know. it up. Derek Carr has one year left on his contract uh, with a cap hit of. Uh, $19 million, and then he's a free agent in 2023. 
I just see the Eagles because of how low Jalen's cap hit is. Going with that, yeah, yeah, I think you go you with know, it. I like you might as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, at the end of the day, this even though he's returned next year, I think this game played quite a bit into Jalen Hurts' future as the Eagles quarterback. Because even if they make the playoffs next year, um, again, uh, it's tough to come back from how bad of a performance that was in, mm-hmm. in the eyes of some people. And here's the thing. Jeffrey Lurie is not a guy who we've, who we've seen is, is going to be a patient owner and is going to let things play out. I mean, he fired Chip rather quickly. It didn't take long for them to get rid of Doug. It didn't take long for them to give rid of Carson when things started show, looking like they were not going to go to the, rec, the direction that Lori wanted things to go. Jalen, I still think, has potential to be a, a quality quarterback in this league. I don't know if he's a starting quarterback in this league long term. Yeah, I, I think he could stick around. But and if he and and from what it seems as if he is, he's a stopgap. He's a bridge, unless he makes you know leaps and bounds going into next year or the year after that. He's he he's seems a, to me like a Bridgewater level quarterback. Yeah, he's a bridge quarterback, uh, and I'm not, I don't mean as in Bridgewater, but just for the Eagles, he's a quarterback. That's the tier. The gap. Yeah, bridging the gap between. Carson Wentz and your next franchise quarterback, your next hopeful franchise quarterback. Um, yeah, he's he's in that Teddy Bridgewater tier, um, but yeah, he, he's he's probably not going to win you a playoff game. Well, if we're being honest, right. and what really showed it early on was the first couple drives for the Eagles. They were not, which you have to remember. The first couple of drives are always going to be scripted. Script. The first 15 or so plays are scripted. The Eagles were not intended to throw the ball at all in those first few drives, which shows you that they had a little confidence that Jalen could get it done through the air. Now, they they had to have him throw late, uh, I mean, after they went down 17 nothing, and it, it did not turn out well, but... If Jalen is going to return as starting quarterback next year, he has to make vast improvements in his vision and his mechanics. I mean, there is a lot of throws today. He did not set his feet and he rushed the ball, and the, the pass passes were high, mm-hmm. mostly high or overthrown. Um, I mean, just there's a lot of improvements Jalen has to make if he wants to be the guy. Um, and at the end, then I guess we can move on from Jalen for this. It, it, the only way you can really put it is that in the game that he had to have his best performance, the biggest game of his career, he had an absolute clunker that is just going to be really hard to come back from, uh, I think, here in probably the eyes of the decision makers. Because yeah. I'm not expecting him to take this huge jump next year into top 12, 10 quarterback territory. Um and I think the Eagles want a top 10, top 12, 10 quarterback at, at the end of the day. And that's just not going to be Jalen. And I, I think they're going to always come back to this playoff game 
and how he struggled, even though it was his first yeah. game against a quality opponent. And and to be fair, you know, I know like there was a lot of stuff Jalen needs to improve on and things he did wrong um, in the sense of decision making on that. Um, Sirianni didn't really help him in the first couple no. of drives, like you mentioned with the yeah, scripted, scripted plays. plays were horrendous. The, I get he calls these screens and these little dink and dunks to get him in a rhythm, except a lot of these plays weren't to your top options. Like I mentioned, Devonta Smith had one target in the first half. Why isn't he getting more than that? Dallas Goddard, you know, for a while you're going, where's, where's Dallas Goddard on this, on these scripted plays. It was a lot of running the ball, which I'm fine with you trying to run the ball. Um, But then screen plays to Boston Scott or Kenny Gainwell or whoever, Mm -hmm. it just, the defense is literally stacking the box, daring and playing around the line of scrimmage, knowing that's what you want to do with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's always hard for me to question um, at times who who's responsible for the inability to get targets to a certain wide receiver or such. Um, like, because sometimes, sure, it is the play calling. Yeah, but you can script a couple I'm, plays, but yeah, like but sometimes it's like, not it. Is it the quarterback or is it the play con? I, I think today was the play con early on, or for most most of the time this season, when a certain player wasn't in targets, I think it's the play con because at the end of the day, Jalen's not at the level of where he can every play he's going to progress through his reads and use his vision to find the best guy all the time. I mean, we, we saw that multiple times today where he just did not see wide open guys. And even when he did, he was making throws that should have, he was throwing to guys that should have been easy completions, but they weren't. And I mean, Troy Aikman, who was just completely just clowning on the Eagles throughout today's game in multiple ways was even said that, that these should be easy completions, but, but they aren't because of Hurts' inaccuracies as a quarterback. And it, it really cost the Eagles today in multiple ways. And, I mean, I talked about it. I mean, he he missed Quez Watkins on two overthrows. Yeah. That just cannot happen uh, at the NFL level. It's just um, – but, yeah, going back to Sirianni and the early play gone, it was not helpful today's game. It was not helpful to Jalen early on. It put Jalen in a bad situation, but – um, at the same time, I, I, I can't blame Sirianni for a lot of the offensive struggles today because, like I said, you look at it, the plays were there to be made. The Eagles mm. should have had upwards. The Eagles had the opportunity to have upwards of 30 points. They just couldn't capitalize. And a lot of that, no. unfortunately, came back uh, on Jalen. And, yeah. and that's something Jalen knows. Jalen will have to you know, look at the film, look at everything and live with for the off season, but it's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a frustrating game. You know, I, I honestly don't really have much on it anymore, anymore on it because I really wasn't expecting them to come out with the win. You and I though, didn't we, I texted you my prediction, right? I said, what? Yeah. We had the same score prediction. 31, uh, 23, uh, which, you know, all reality, we came pretty close. 
Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, and like you said, you know, Jalen needs to hit those throws. Sirianni could have helped him out a little more with whether it's scripted to your best targets or not just play around the line of scrimmage. Um, but are you ready? Are you ready to go to the defense still? I know we briefly talked about it. Um, yeah, let's go to the defense and then we'll talk about Jalen Rager. Sure. So the defense, I know I briefly mentioned, um, I was kind of disgusted the fact that they played 10 yards off the ball. It made no sense to me. Um, It was the softest coverage considering you already played the Buccaneers earlier this season. You'd been doing this all season and you say you have to get aggressive. And then what do you do? You play soft zone, give Tom Brady the cushion that he wants. And Tom Brady didn't even have a good game to start the game. He was no, off no. target all the time. Yeah, Brady was really strong and connected with his wide receivers early on. You saw a lot of uh, Tyler Johnson specifically was yeah not fully running through his routes, which was really costly. Um, he was alligator arming it a lot. He was. It, it was really costly. The the Bucks there early on, but Eagles obviously couldn't take advantage. But no, and if, if your guys are two yards up closer to the ball you could pick it you know like yeah. like with how he was trying to catch the ball and he was like waiting for the contact if you're a yard or two closer you might be able to pick those and um what is a linebacker doing covering Gronk you know yeah I if mean you're gonna that, do that you have to bracket a safety over top yeah me and Jovan talked about that is that one of our biggest fears was that um the Eagles would be playing um, a linebacker on Gronk, and it would just be a, a horrible matchup for the Eagles because the Eagles' linebackers and coverage absolutely suck. Um, their best linebacker in coverage this year had been T.J. Edwards, but you lost T.J. Edwards th- uh, part way through the game, and um, after that, I mean, it, it, the linebackers stood absolutely no chance of doing anything that would have you know, uh, help uh, in, in any sort of way, coverage-wise. Um, I mean, good news-wise, they did get to Brady in the second half. They started to get to him a little more. And, yeah, I mean, they had I mean, I know you, sacks or so. Yeah, and I know you uh, you and Jovan mentioned uh, Ryan Kerrigan or somebody needing to step up. Um, unfortunately, Josh Sweat had to go to, went to the hospital earlier in the week um, with yeah. – uh, you know, some sort of emergency surgery. Uh, we hope he, he's okay. Uh, I'm assuming he is because I think he went with the team. But, I mean, someone had to step up, and thank God late, late on, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Ryan Kerrigan, of all people, stepped up. And uh, you got a couple Brady hits. It's just they came a little late. You know, like it was one of those, if those had come earlier in the game, maybe this game goes a little differently. Yeah. Uh, and going back, I, I think – the frustrating thing early on, early on for me was that, like you kind of alluded to, you played this team early in the season, uh, but it felt like there was no adjustments made from playing them earlier in the season. You came out with the same game plan and still expected it to work. Um, when that, I mean, that's simply not going to happen, especially against Brady and me and Jovan talked about that again. If you early on, if you couldn't get pressure on Brady you were going to struggle immensely in uh, stopping them because he would be able just to dink and dunk 
throughout the game, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I. It was frustrating, dude. I I really sat there, and it was literally the first drive, and I go, "Are are we like?" And and not only that, Tristan Wirfs left the game second drive. Yeah, left the game second drive. Uh, maybe first first drive. Left the game either way early uh, with the Very what early. I think was ankle injury. Yeah, um, he did attempt to come back in the game, uh, but then immediately, yeah, I was gonna say immediately left he, again. He immediately got beat by Ryan Kerrigan and whatever he had started acting up again um, and, and then left the game, but uh, which was a huge loss. I mean, Tristan Wurst is one of the best linemen in the entire league. Um, yeah, but I love that Gannon is able to make adjustments during halftime and throw out good defenses in the second half, but you cannot, I, I it, it's we're it's been a broken record this year about how they're playing soft coverage on wide receivers playing eight ten yards off the ball at times and getting beat consistently. I, I just it's the definition of insanity at this point. Yeah, and I don't know if it's a uh, personnel issue that he's just not comfortable having him do man, but at or you know just. I don't know. Like Gannon, Gannon is a hot name for a head coaching job, and teams are seeing him do this all season. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't really get why he's such a hot commodity uh, or name in the coaching search world right now. I really don't. Um, I get it. he he his because at times you can tell he knows what he's talking about or he yeah, knows his press what conference he knows yeah he knows football but at the same time you see these defenses in the first half and they just don't work and even if it's a personnel issue at the end of the day you have to adapt your team to your personnel and put them in the best position to win which in the first half this season he has consistently not done I don't know. It, the defense was frustrating. The team as a whole is frustrating. Um, I don't really got much left on the on the defense I, either. I would say early on in the game, and I, I think for the majority of the season, I'd say this is I know a lot of people want the Eagles wanted the Eagles to blitz more this season, especially early in games. But you look at what they got, and all their linebackers suck at blitzing and pass rushing, and the Eagles secondary isn't good enough that you can take away one of your safeties yeah. and risk getting beat deep uh, with just one safety and give up a touchdown. Uh, so in a way, they were handicapped in that sense when it came to blitzing this year. But, I mean, still, well, you got to find different yeah. ways to get pressure on quarterbacks and you got to find different ways – to, to get off the field at a higher rate, especially, of course, uh, in the early in the games and first quarters particularly. Yeah. What sucked, too, was there was never a time this season where the defensive line cohesively was getting pressure. Like, in no. the beginning of the season, it was Javon Hargrave. 
then it became Josh Sweat once he cooled off. Like, it was never Fletch started to get a little hot, and it was never Barnett started to somehow get hot. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, Brandon Graham early in the season, you know. Tore Achilles. Uh, right, tore his Achilles. But I know Milton Williams showed flashes, but it, obviously he's not there yet. He's hopefully next year he's uh, a little more consistent and he gets more in the rotation. But the defensive line, because like you said, the personnel is not good enough to blitz. You rely on your defensive line. And because your defensive line doesn't, isn't as good as it, I think people thought it was going to be, they were getting gashed. Yeah. Yeah. The defensive line this year was an overall uh, disappointment again. And that's, and I mean, you look at the Eagles have not since Barnett really spent any high draft picks on edge rushers or uh, guys inside. Yeah. Um, And it wouldn't shock me if they did it this year. It it really wouldn't. I mean, that's a bread and butter Howie pick. And it's it's something they've done, uh, just like a linebacker. And, and I mean, yeah, you look at it. Uh, they who was Marcus Apps? Oh, Marcus. No, no. Oh, Smith. Who's Marcus Smith? Yeah, Marcus Smith. A couple years ago. Well, God, that would that'd be six, seven years ago anymore. They spent a first round pick on him, and then they. Spent a first-round pick on Barnett. Neither have worked out. Barnett more so than, you know, Smith. But Barnett's been um, a pretty bad first-round pick, all things considered. But since Barn, those two, they, they've not spent any high draft pick on uh, uh, any sort of pass defensive lineman. Um, and, yeah, some of these back half of the draft guys and trade guys for depth they got have – have some nice value, but I mean, at the end of the day, you need a guy who can just consistently get some sort of pass rush on opposing quarterbacks. And Fletcher Cox used to be that guy. And when Fletcher Cox was on, it was all fine and dandy, but Fletcher Cox is mostly washed up at this point in his career. He's just simply not the player he used to be, which I mean, he it, it's sad to see because he used to be really damn good. And he, he's one of the best defensive players in English history, but he's simply not that guy anymore. Um, yeah, he he's regressed quite a bit. And he's not getting double-teamed like people think. Yeah. Now, the defensive line was able to get some pressure uh, after the first couple drives, and they got Brady, what, four or five times, like we mm-hmm. said a little bit earlier. But it, you need to be able to get that pressure consistently throughout games, something they didn't do this year, uh, of course. I mean – um, and I think they they planned on Ryan Kerrigan having a bigger impact than he did. And funny enough, his biggest impact came today. And uh, what will be his last game as an Eagles player? But yeah, just defensive line has to improve next season. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole defense, honestly. Oh, absolutely. But you, you win games in the trenches, so mm-hmm. uh, defensive line has to improve. Linebackers obviously have to improve. You need more corners. Uh, yeah. Probably need more safeties as well. But well, both of them are free agents. <laughs> a lot so, of work to be done. <laughs> yeah, um, and I guess what, moving on to the final frustrating thing uh, 
was uh, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager, um, I don't know. He had one good punt return that I don't even think he should have even returned, but he did it anyway. And yeah. a guy fr- coming out who came out of college as supposed speedster and, you know, look at all the explosiveness he has. He just – he hasn't put it together here. He just hasn't. And – No, I mean, what a – I know Philly has been so tough on him. You know, he was only, he was set up kind of to fail in the sense of he wasn't Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, so to an extent, I feel bad for him. But at the same time, I mean, the dude's invisible when he's on the field. Um, they're forcing plays to him. You know, they're they're giving him the ball. Yeah, just to they've give been him the trying ball. to justify the, the draft capital. Yeah. And um, at this point, uh, I think you and I can agree that it, it, the ship the ship's kind of sailed. He, I, I mean, he's been frustrated, you know, with Philadelphia, you know, with posting stuff on face or on Twitter and whatnot. You know, he. Yeah, I've been this whole season. I've been pretty even keeled about my emotions when it comes to the Eagles. I not once this season did I actually ever, I think, really get upset in terms of about the game or things that yeah. are happening. But I think when he muffed that punt, because even though it was a long shot that the Eagles were going to win the game at that point, like a huge long shot, it was, I would say, 10% chance. As The defense up until that point was, after the 17 points given up in the first 20 or so minutes, they were doing pretty damn well against that Buccaneers offense. Mm-hmm. And... They they just came off another great drive, and he muffed the punt at what the fifty or yeah, so. Yeah, you know, it was like forty yard line or something. That was the first time this year that I legitimately got upset by something <laughs> in an Eagles game, and I think it was just the culmination of all the stupid shit he has done as an Eagles player during his career, and how worthless of a player. And draft pick he has been. Ruben Frank put it best today on Twitter. He, Jan, Jan Rager is a losing player. He does not win you games in any way. No, in and, fact, he loses yards most of the time he's even on the field. Yeah, and when he muffed that punt. That sealed it. While the Eagles probably wouldn't have won still, he sealed their fate in that in, with that play. And it should should have been the last snap he ever played in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. Unfortunately, it wasn't. And unfortunately, I do – well, I, I do think he should be gone. I think there, he shouldn't be back next year. But unfortunately, his draft hit for next – his draft – his cap hit for next year is, I believe, $4 million if they would um, get rid of him. They're not I, – I just don't know if they're going to be willing to – pay $4 million just to not have him on the roster anymore. I mean, you, you and I, and we can, I don't know if you're ready to go into it. You and I did kind of look at the uh, future of the cap hit and all that for the Eagles going into 2022. Yeah. Um, I mean, post June one, you do save 1.8 million. You do. The Eagles can save quite a bit of money post June one. Now, of course that's months into the end of free agency. So how many star guys are really going to be there? Uh, now I don't think the Eagles are going to go after any stars in free agents this year. I think if they do acquire any talent, it'll be 
via trades, but um, they do have an opportunity here to uh, clear some notable cap post June one. I mean, the the big one that will not will be a factor possibly before June first is going to be Jason Kelsey going to next year. Jason Kelsey has a cap hit of six million dollars. Now I'm not for certain, but I believe if he retires, that cap hit will not uh, be none of none of his cap will be counted towards cap hit will be counted towards the cap in 2022. So I mean, uh, the cap hit of 5.9 will not be there, which frees up money. Um, but post June one, I mean, Brandon Brooks would save you 13 and a half million. Um, Rager would save you 1.8. If they would get rid of Dillard before June 1st, they would save $2 million. Uh, so, I mean, between Jason Kelsey and Dillard, you're possibly looking at about $8 million in cap savings before uh, yeah. potentially free agency here. And Dillard's, um, Dillard's interesting, too, because yeah. he has been serviceable when he has had to play. Like he hasn't been terrible, um, so he could be a good backup. But if I mean, if you can maximize it, and if there's a team you know trying to build and they're they want to take a shot on him, sure, why not? Why not? Sure, and I I do think with I with Kelsey, like I I I have a feeling he comes back next year. I really do. Maybe that's just me being an optimist, but. I would hate to see him go out as an Eagle with what really was a really shitty loss, all things considered. Uh, it would, I mean, that would just be a, a terrible way for him to end what is going to be a Hall of Fame career for mm-hmm. all pros, which he just earned his fourth. I mean, that, that would be such a shitty way for a legendary Eagles player to end his career with the organization. I mean, not even with the organization, but end his career overall. Yeah. Um, so I do hope Kelsey returns, but if he doesn't, you, you are saving quite a bit of money. Yeah. And, you know, I think maybe he, he just wanted to see this out. Um, and I mean, he had it, he still had it in him, you know, he didn't struggle this year at all. So no. maybe he comes back for one more just because, I mean, he's still got it, but I wouldn't yes. blame him if he hangs it up. No, I don't think you, you'd be able to blame him at all if he decides to hang it up. I mean, the dude has been tremendous his whole career and uh, has, like I said, a Hall of Fame career. Um, and if, if you can hang it up at this point and be a Hall of Famer, I mean, do what's best. I mean, at some point he has to think for himself and his future. He's still only, what, 30, 35? He still mm-hmm. has hopefully 40 or 50 years ahead of him. I mean – you got to save yourself for the rest of your life too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, uh, since we're talking about the cab, you want to just real quick look at the uh, off season, the potential. Yeah. So I think the best place to start would be looking at a quick off season. And I think, so before we get any further, I think it's worth noting. We discussed earlier in the season uh, once the Eagles season ended, um, so today, uh, we were going to take a two-week break just to kind of recoup, uh, you know, get 
get yeah. ourselves re-energized and ready to go into the off season. So we're going to take a two week break here just to relax, plan out the next couple of weeks and months, mm-hmm. book some guests, so on and so forth. Cause we really, the we're ready to take this podcast to the next level in 2022. Um, so in a couple of weeks, we will have a off season preview. Um, I'm guessing that'll be closer to around the Super Bowl time. So it'll be a little more yeah. timely. But yeah, we can do a little quick preview of uh, what the offseason could look like. Yeah, so I mean, I think you and I are kind of estimating. It says what the Eagles have about, is what, 13 mil or something in cap space? Um, yeah, right now the cap space is 13 mil. Yeah, which, I mean, you like we quickly went over with the Brandon Brooks and Rager. There are ways to uh, save some more money. I think Carson Wentz comes off the books. So I yeah. definitely think there is more money that's going to be. Um, there, there's allocated. ways to alleviate money out of the current roster, but not much of it before June 1st, which is unfortunate right. because of free agency. Yeah. So how we will have to get creative, yeah, creative. But if there is one thing Howie is excellent at, it is being creative with the cap. Yeah. Um, so looking at the Eagles and their their off season, I mean, like we said a couple of times, the Eagles need everything on defense. They need an edge rusher. They need a defensive tackle. They need a corner because Steven Nelson is a free agent. Um, you need linebackers, and both your safeties are free agents. So you need an entire defense. Um, Which rebuilding the entire defense may not be the worst thing. No, no, it might not. Especially, let's say Gannon gets a uh, head coaching job. He, you know, then the new defensive coordinator can kind of share his vision and get guys he needs. Or, you know, if he doesn't go anywhere, then he can build upon what he already started to build. So um, I'll start off defensively. J.C. Jackson, um, cornerback for the Patriots, I believe. He is yeah. a free agent. He is 26 years old. Um, he's had a pretty good year this year. Um, that could be a good replacement. He could also be a long-term kind of. Um, Jesse yeah. Bates, 24-year-old safety for the Bengals. I personally think they're going to re-sign him. But as of right now, he's slated to be a free agent in 2022. And the other one is Harold Landry. Uh, he's an outside edge rusher. And... I mean, Eagles definitely need one of those. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, the Eagles are going to uh, – I know we're talking about defense specifically here, but the Eagles are going to have to really decide what they want to uh, prioritize this year, this offseason offense or defense, because you look at it, they're going to have to – probably add another wide receiver to the mix as well. Um, And this is one of the best wide receiver classes we've seen in quite some time. Uh, Just off, I mean, the top, you're looking at Devonta Adams, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, Allen Robinson, um, Michael Gallup, OBJ is out there. Juju's out there. Christian Kirk is out there. I mean, there's a lot of good wide receivers out there that the Eagles could sign uh, to yeah. be a 
kind of be that number two guy to Devontae or depending, I mean, if you sign a De- Devontae somehow, he's number one. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how they prioritize it. But, yeah, I, I do like J.C. Jackson um, as a potential guy. If you need an edge rusher as well, you've got, you've got Chandler Jones out there. you got Von Miller out there. Um, also at safeties, Marcus Williams. I think you mentioned Jesse Bates. Right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I I just I don't think that the Bengals let him go. Yeah, I think they signed him to a long term deal. Yeah, most likely not. Other guys out there, I mean, at multiple positions here, not just safety or corner, but Clowney, Gregory, Gilmore, um, Carlton Davis, Tyron Matthew, um, Akeem Hicks would be an interesting signing. Yeah, a little older, DT, but at DT, uh, I the 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 age makes me want to say no. And they already have so much money tied up in DT, mm-hmm. and I don't think you sign him unless you're getting rid of Cox. But then yeah. it's still a similar age problem at that point. Um, Darius Williams out there, Ogba, Melvin Ingram. I mean, there's a lot of older guys where you can get. Maybe a year out of them here, and I mean that 2017, yeah. 2017 team had a lot of older guys who had one last really good season that really helped get the Eagles to that Super Bowl. Um, if you look when you look back on it, yeah. And when you mentioned uh, the receivers, real quick, um, the biggest issue is Chris Godwin and Michael Gallup both got injured at the end of the year, so. Yeah. Whatever team signs them, if they sign them, it's not like they got hurt at the beginning of the season and they'll be ready for the beginning of the season. You know, they're most likely you're going to miss the first two months at least of the season if you sign either of them. So right there, Michael Gallup and I think Mike Williams are kind of competing for the same type of role in the sense yeah. that they're the, the deep threat, the bigger body, uh, that kind of guy. So – I mean, Mike Williams is interesting. The Chargers, I don't think. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him. But yeah, they're, they're in a tough spot because they're, they're going to have to pay a lot of money in the next few years. Yeah, so Mike Williams could be an interesting name, but I think his stock's going to rise because of Godwin and Gallup being injured. Um, I yeah, would I like Allen, I'd like Allen Robinson, though. I mean, he's always been you know kind of uh, tied and, to Philly. Since I was rambling and I don't really think I stated my intentions with listing all those guys, is it's if the Eagles want to go out and and now they'll have to clear some space, obviously, for a lot of those guys. But uh, and you're not going to get a lot of all those guys, obviously, as well. But if the Eagles want to go out and get a couple guys here and there uh, that maybe on the other side, and you could possibly get on a cheaper contract, so forth, and rebuild this defense in a little bit of a different. Uh, identity, there's plenty of guys out there to do so. I mean, one guy that I think would be an interesting pickup, he's coming off a little bit of a rough season, but still a very good player, Hassan Reddick. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was um, linked to the Eagles as well uh, this year. So was uh, Jordan yeah. Hicks. But, uh, I mean, and Reddick's and, a and he's a guy who – he's a guy – Reddick is now a guy who can play both linebacker or he could play off the edge. Mm-hmm. He is a little older. I'm I'm honestly interested 
like if Howie is gonna go younger or if he's gonna like you you know you're mentioning the older type of guys um the veteran 28 to 30 year old players just for this year yeah and another guy who i actually really like um potentially um is and and we saw him today with the buccaneers is at safety jordan whitehead yeah that could be i mean and at he's 97 so he's going to be 25 in march Mm -hmm. um that's, that's upsetting. That's another young guy you can get to kind of build that safety group around. Because, I mean, I like Kevon Wallace, but Kevon Wallace isn't going to be no the guy at safety. He couldn't get on. He could barely get on the field this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, unfortunately, he's just not. I know everyone hoped because Clemson like, safety, Brian Dawkins, all that, but he he's just not. He's not that guy. Yeah. Um, but so I mean, there's definitely a lot of interesting guys out there that you look at, it and like I said, we we're taking it may be a week and a half, it may be two weeks, it may be two two and a half weeks. We're gonna have to schedule that. We'll we'll keep everybody updated on Twitter. But I mean, and we can go through it in the future. We could maybe do an offensive free agent show and a defensive free agent show. But there's a lot of interesting pieces out there that you look at and you can go like, hey. Uh, the Eagles can make some moves here that aren't that could be nice low cost moves, and it can work work out. And you can build a nice defense around, or yeah. better offense around. I mean, Jordan Whitehead's projected contract right now on Pro Football Focus is three years, uh, eighteen million dollar total, so six million dollar average. That would be for the nineteenth ranked safety in terms of being graded this year by pro football focus, that would be an absolute steal. In my opinion, if you can make those type of moves, I, I think you can build a defense going to next year that has the upside. Now I, we've been rambling a while. Let's just wrap this up. Go back to today's game. Start with today's game. Look back at the whole season right now. I want us to give not each, but just personally a uh, total three. Three facts we know going end of the season going into the offseason, and three things we know we think we know about the Eagles heading into the offseason and next season. So I think the first fact going into into the offseason is that Devontae Smith at the very least is a very good number two, but very well could be the number one wide receiver we've wanted for a long time. Yeah. Um plain and simple, I I, I agree. He He's shown the route running and all that. But um, I guess number two would be that the Eagles' offensive line, I think, could be a top 10. You know, I think, fact, looking at it, is they can be a top 10 um, offensive line next year. Obviously, they're probably going to draft one. Um, but just by uh, Dickerson and Mylotta, and you still have Lane. It won't be won't be that hard for the uh, and the next one is Dallas, Dallas Goddard uh, top five tight end top five tight end I agree yeah. with that he and, he just got to be more consistent that's all sure. all right those are three things we know going into the next season and now three things we think I'll, I'll start off I think the first one is Jalen Hurts isn't the answer long time at quarterback I think he is the guy 
that starts next year, but I don't think he's the starter beyond 2022. Yeah. Uh, What's one thing you think? Um, I, I think that um, Sweat and Milton Williams could be uh, pretty good solid points at, here at defensive line um, to kind of build around. Not necessarily star players, but, I mean, Sweat – what had five sacks and uh, Milton Williams actually had a couple and started to peer into more of the rotation. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I think, I mean, Josh sweat showed a lot this year. I, I mean, you'd have liked to see his numbers maybe be a little higher for the more snaps he played, but he definitely has the potential. I think if he continues to take these steps forward, he, he has a chance to be a really nice player. Um, and now they could always, always add to that defensive line. But I think Josh Swedemill and Williams are two long-term pieces of the defensive line. And for a final one, I think going into next season, considering the core will most likely be together, and that I think with the offensive line, even if you lose Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, you can replace them and continue to have a good offensive line. I think going into next year, the Eagles are a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, we saw a preview of uh, the teams that they get to play next year, and it's kind of – not easy, but when you play the Jags, the Texans, the NFC you, East twice. You can see them get into nine, ten wins. Yeah, you same kind of like last year. Or this year, I should say. Jeez, I'm already looking forward to the next year. But um yeah, they're it's kind of favorable. You know, they have a couple matchups that when you first look is kind of scary, like the Packers, but then you realize yeah. they potentially might not have Devontae Adams or uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love hasn't looked very good, to be honest. Yep. All right. So that's three facts, three things we know. Next, if the Eagles are going to sign one player this offseason, you want them to sign for or trade. Who do you want them to sign or trade for? I want them to get Mike Williams. I mean, Gallup, I would prefer Gallup, but Gallup's not going to play, so I don't want to give Gallup massive money and him not play. I'm going to I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I'm going to say I would like them to get either Chris Godwin or Allen Robinson. Though I would mm-hmm. gladly accept Mike Williams as well. Yeah, I I kind of I know we have so many holes. Obviously, they're going to probably get some stop gap stop gap guys like at safety and stuff considering both sure. are free agents, but I think we're unfortunately for like the fourth year in a row you have to put money at receiver, but you actually have to give Jalen and also help Devonta Smith with another target. And that being, I'm fine with Godwin. I'm fine with Allen Robinson. I'm fine with Michael Gallup. Honestly, any of the top guys I'm really fine with. It's just, you, you can't have one star receiver and then nobody. I mean, look at, I know Dallas lost um, right before we recorded this. But yeah. I mean, their their offense, you know, Zeke get Zeke and three three top twenty five receivers. Yeah, yeah, that's truly a great point there by you, um, and, and that will be something to watch going into this offseason for both the Eagles. But like, I mean, you look at the Cowboys. That this is a horrible way to end what was a really good season for them, and going into the next season, Dak's cap hit becomes really big. Um, and that'll just be something to watch of, and how that continues to develop in Dallas. 
Um, and then to wrap it all up, what is your biggest takeaway about, about the Eagles 2021 season? I mean, I think they, they realize they're a run first team. You know, I think that's, I think they finally started to find their identity. Unfortunately, because Jalen isn't developed enough yet, teams key into it more than they usually can with a better quarterback and they sell out for the run. But I mean, with this offensive line, they kind of realize like they can run the ball. Now it's, if Miles can stay healthy, if Miles is the answer, we don't know. I know you and I kind of lean towards Miles might not be here after next year. So they very well could go get another running back. But, I mean, this running game's where this team's meant to build around. My biggest takeaway is there's a lot to like about – where this team sits and into the offseason. I mean, I think Nick Sirianni showed a lot of promise as a head coach this year. It started off really ugly for the Eagles, but I mean, at the end of the day, I know their schedule, the back half of the season was really easy, but they still, outside that one Giants game, they still beat all the teams when that they were supposed to be down the stretch. Yeah, yeah that's the playoffs. That's it's kind of like I don't want to really compare them to the Flyers because the Flyers are a dumpster fire, but the Flyers like are just better right now than the worst teams in the league. Yeah, and so any team that's above average, they they lose to. And you look at the Eagles; that's yeah. exactly what happened. You know, Derek Carr and the and the Raiders beat them. Uh, Tampa Bay killed them. Dallas killed them. Yep. You know, but then you look at the bottom teams like the Giants, the Jets, the Lions. I mean, they the Eagles took care of business when they played those kind of teams. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I and and you look at also what Sirianni did. His ability to make adjustments through, as the season went on. And in games was something we didn't really see a lot out of Doug. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't end. hard uh, headed. You know, like it wasn't okay. a this is how we do things. He was he came from a pass first system. He was very pass heavy to start the year, and then he realized he can't do that. And yep. we were very concerned. I mean, I remember you and I were going, "Look, I know he's a rookie and he's got to find his way, but if this is how it's going to be, it's not going to work." And he even, I think, took it took a step back and said, all right, we need to, we need to run the ball. We need to run the ball. Yep. And they, and they vastly improved once uh, they decided to do that. Absolutely. And, uh, and to build off of that, I mean, not only does Sirianna show promise, but like we said, you have a potential true number one wide receiver in Devante. You have a potential top tied five and top five tight end. In Dallas Goddard, you have an offensive line that is consistent, one of the best in the NFL, with one of the best offensive line coaches in the world. The defense, you really got nothing. The defense, you really got nothing. But 
Offensively, you have a lot to build around. You have a nice group of running backs that you can head into the next season with. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of promise that they could build on going into the next season. Um, and and then I think that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah. Um, other than that, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Any final thoughts? Um, no, I, I mean, I was just along for the ride. They, they exceeded our initial expectations. So, I mean, credit to Sirianni, credit to the, the team itself. But um, that's all I got. You know, it was, it was a fun ride this year. We didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. So, Yeah, and in that aspect of it, 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 it was one of the more enjoyable seasons for me and watching Eagles football just because, like I said, until today when Rager muffed that punt, I really never really got upset about anything. Um, maybe I maybe I just pinned it all up and – that was the final straw, but uh, yeah, it was it was a fun season. All things considered, it was a roller coaster of a season, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, and uh, I still think the future is rather bright. I mean, and I didn't even mention they have three first round draft picks coming up. Yeah, yeah, they're I they're mean, very they're set up very well uh, for the future. Three, three first round picks, three, ten total picks in the next draft. They're set up well for the future. We just got to sit and see how it plays out. But uh, until we talk to you guys all again in a couple weeks, my name is Don Count Curley. He's Austin Mancini. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at in the 700 level. Uh, subscribe to the podcast and wherever you listen to us on. Leave a rating on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, leave a review if you can, wherever. Be sure to interact with us on Twitter as well. And uh, we'll talk to you guys in a few weeks, like I said, maybe a week and a half, maybe two weeks and a half. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out, but going to go and just uh, re-energize as we head into the off season. And uh, we'll be back right probably around uh, the Super Bowl here. So uh, uh, until then, we'll talk to you guys then and uh, enjoy the rest of the NFL playoffs. And, yep. Go Birds. Go Birds.